If you've gotten to the end of your parenting years, or if you're nearing the end, or maybe you're a parent with young children and you're just wondering what it might be like to look ahead to the empty nest years, I'm going to talk a little bit about it today. How do we survive the empty nest and move forward with joy? If this is your season of life, or if you'd like to know more about how to handle the season when it approaches, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, everybody. I hope you guys are doing great today. Thanks for tuning into the Off the Bench podcast. This is Heidi St. John. I'm glad that you guys have taken just a little bit of your day and spend it with me. I appreciate that. I get asked all the time uh, about parenting adult children, about walking through the season of really just grieving, having your kids leave your home and the change that happens as a result of that. And so I thought this was a good time of year to just take a moment because I think it's more painful during the holidays, certainly, than almost any other time of the year. This this uh, this empty nest syndrome that we sort of feel, this this longing for what used to be. And I've written about this on my blog. In fact, I'll link back to some of those articles in the show notes today. I wrote about the season of life that I went through uh, nearly 12, 13 years ago now when I realized that we had had our last daughter. Some of you have heard me talk about the fact that I had to have a hysterectomy, which was something that I did not want, but it became medically necessary. And I grieved the passage of time. This idea that I wasn't going to be young forever, that we wouldn't always be able to have children. And it really hits you when you when you either make the decision not to have more children or that decision is made for you. I think it hits again when our kids begin to leave our home. I have a ginormous spread between our first and our youngest child. So our, there are almost 20 years between our oldest daughter and our youngest daughter. And so I have, I always tease people that I'm in, you know, I'm in it to win it, right? I'm in the parenting vortex from now till eternity. I believe that our youngest daughter was only about two years old when our first grandchild was born. And the joke became, hey, we better stop having kids before we have to start singing the I'm My Own Grandpa song. And so we entered into this season of having our children grow up and leave our home and have kids of their own really before we were done raising our own children. But the grief is still there. And as I have gotten older and spent more time talking to parents who have gone through this, particularly homeschool moms, I think are uh, the, the, the loss, as it were, sort of feels acute because we have invested so much of our time into our children. And when they begin to leave our home, it can be very jarring. And I wrote about taking my daughter's little, you know, her bins of baby clothes, which when you raise seven children, I had lots of bins, okay? <laughs> I mean, we raised seven children on a pastor's salary. We really learned to live on very little. And I look back at those years now and they were without a doubt, some of the most precious years of my life. And in fact, uh, Lisa and I were, you know, going over notes for the show today. And I was telling her, I wish that someone would have said to me, you know, enjoy these years when your kids are little, not in the like, oh, enjoy it. It goes by fast. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, although they did do that too. <laughs> Just talking about the the realization that things are very simple 
even though it's difficult, right? The the constant discipline, the the physical energy that is required for raising a family, particularly young children, is very, very different than the emotional and spiritual energy that is required of you when your children begin to hit the teenage years and certainly their young adult years and even into adulthood and on into marriage. Because we don't get to mother hen our kids, right? I can't just say, hey, everybody, we're going to go look at Christmas lights tonight. Or, um, hey, everybody, this is what I'm making for dinner. And oh, by the way, we need to have a family meeting at you know seven or whatever, because dad and I need to talk about this. No, my kids are uh, moved out. Most of them, they have families of their own. And I'm in a very different season of my life now. So people ask me and have asked me for a long time. I think our oldest daughter has been married you know, over 12 years now. You know, what's it like to have adult children? Can you write about having adult children? And um, I have really (laughs) resisted doing it, partly because uh, the evidence is alive, right? And partly because I don't feel like I've always done the best job of letting my children go. It was a very difficult season for me. And in allowing them to really just become the young men and women, that their dad and I really have raised them to be. But the empty nest thing is real. And I, I want to help some of you with it today because I get so many questions on it. I don't think we talk about it enough. I think it is something that we we wrestle over as mothers, especially as homeschool moms. And I want to give you some of what I think are best practices. For those of you who are nearing the empty nest years, and like I said at the beginning of the show, even if you're listening to this right now and you have little children, your kids are five and eight, and you just cannot imagine that this will ever happen to you, believe me when I say these years come by very, very quickly, and it's such a good idea to be ready for them before they come so that when they come, you can move into the next season of your life with joy. So I'm going to go over a couple of these and uh, this might be a good note-taking podcast for you or maybe come back and write these things down later. But the first one that comes to my mind is actually a tip that I got from my friend Steve Lambert years and years ago. So Steve and Jane Lambert and I uh, and our family, I was just talking to them this morning and we're coming up on 17 years of friendship with those guys. So we've known them for a really long time. They're like parents to me. And I will never forget sitting in the car with them, you know, on one of our little trips to Cannon Beach or wherever it was we were going that day. And Steve was talking to us about how he got his wife, Jane, uh, ready for the empty nest years. And of course, I have seven children and they had two children. And so it was a bit of a different scenario for Jane, but he loved her well by reminding her that this parenting thing that she was doing full-time would not last forever and you need to be ready for the next season of your life. And so he walked her through that by helping her get ready years before their last child ever left their home. And so that's my first um, just bit of counsel for you, sort of best practices for motherhood getting ready to transition to a new season is to keep that new season always in mind. Don't let it come and hit you upside the head. You gotta have an exit strategy from the parenting years. So the full-time parenting years, and this is true even when your kids, you don't have to be an empty nester to need this sort of exit strategy. It can be useful even when your kids are going into high school. And so we know as homeschool moms that when our kids get into high school, 
it's much less intensive for us because the kids tend to either be learning with a tutor or they're more self-directed in their studies, which is what we want. I'm a huge fan, as you guys know, of doing um, you know daily devotions with our kids all the way through high school. We read out loud with our kids as much as we could, many of them all the way through high school. But what you want to do is begin to think about an exit strategy so that when your last child leaves the home or when you realize, oh, hey, my kids don't need me like they used to, that you have something else to do, something that keeps you looking forward instead of always looking backward. And the saddest moms that I meet are the ones who did not have that exit strategy. And when their kids started to leave the home, they really lost their footing because they had put their identity in homeschooling. So that's tip number two. Do not allow motherhood to become your full-time identity or homeschooling to become your absolute identity. I said full-time is probably a wrong word because I think that there is a season, absolutely. And for me, it was years where my quote full-time occupation was homeschool mom slash homemaker slash uh, you know, owie fixer slash chauffeur, all those things, you know, homeschool co-op coordinator, all of those things. That was my full-time occupation. Obviously my life has shifted now as I'm in my fifties and most of my kids are grown, but I have been preparing for this for a very long time. Thanks in large part to my husband who years ago, I mean, it's probably been maybe about the same time, frankly, that we met Steve and Jane, where Jay saw a gift in me. And he said, man, Heidi, you're good at that. And he heard me speak. And I, I think I've told you guys this before. I, um, I filled in for a speaker at a conference that got sick at the last minute. She couldn't, she, she, she couldn't make the conference. And so a friend of mine said, oh, Heidi, you should fill in for her. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I am not doing that. I'm the name tag girl. I'm the registration person. I'm the behind the scenes person. And uh, they eventually, of course, obviously talked me into it. And so I took this one session and I taught on marriage and just gave them a couple of tips and pointers. And when it was over, Jay said to me, I did not know that you had that inside you. Who taught you how to do that? And I said, I don't know, you know, nobody. I just put some notes together and he said, you should do that again. You should do it some more. You should take opportunities as they come up. And his encouragement to me really was what spurred me on to finding things I love to do outside of homeschooling. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved being a full-time homeschool mom. Absolutely loved it. Even on the days that were terrible, and you guys have heard me speak enough to know, I have definitely had (laughs) terrible days. I even had a couple of terrible months, one terrible year. Uh, And so I'm no stranger to bad days and bad months and bad years. But I'll tell you, when I look back, over our homeschool years uh, as a whole, man, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful, so grateful. And I'm equally as grateful that the Lord began to focus my eyes a bit above the horizon of homeschooling so that I could see my life beyond it. And so we have one daughter who will be in high school next year, left at home full-time. And um, and I take a couple of days a week and I just focus on her and the rest of the days she's here with me at the Homeschool Resource Center. She travels with Jay and I whenever we have the opportunity to do that. But I am essentially have transitioned now into more of a working mom because we have this, this one daughter left at home. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I get asked all the time about our favorite books for family devotions. And you guys, it's so good to just read the Bible. It doesn't have to be hard. The Bible in stories is an excellent tool. And as we head into Christmas, it's a great gift for your children or your grandchildren. It has generational impact when we read the Bible to our kids. The Bible in stories is for all ages. It's not just a kid's book. It covers 400 Bible stories has hand-drawn, beautiful, biblically accurate pictures to help you remember what you're reading, and it has a topical index, so you don't have to know the Bible to be able to find what you're looking for. With over 17,000 testimonials, you guys know this is a high-quality product. I think you're going to love it for generations in your family. Go to BibleInStories.com forward slash Heidi and use the coupon code Heidi for a free digital coloring book of the first 50 stories. That's BibleInStories.com forward slash Heidi. And don't forget, use the coupon code Heidi. And I think it's really important for moms to have things that they love to do outside of parenting, outside of homeschooling. So moms, what would that be? Husbands, think about this. I mean, really, it was my husband who helped point me in a direction that would be life-giving for me for when the years were over for me to be a full-time homemaker and a full-time homeschooler. And that has been what largely God has used to move Jay and I into a new season of our life. So it's really important that we don't just take our identity in the season that we happen to be in. And the same thing is true for me now. If I took my identity as Heidi St. John is a podcaster or Heidi St. John is an author or a speaker, I know that there's going to come a time when the thing I'm doing now, I won't, I won't be doing anymore, you know, either because I age out of it or because God brings me something else to do or whatever reason. I understand that life changes and that seasons change. We want to keep our identity in the Lord. So moms, listen to me and dads, oh boy, men, if you're listening to this, this is a real struggle for a lot of women who have done such a beautiful, wonderful job of pouring their lives into raising children. Uh, If your wife has poured her life into raising wonderful children, if she has been an incredible homemaker and a wonderful homeschool mom and a wonderful wife, and you've been blessed to come home to, you know, home cooked meals for a large part of your married life or whatever, praise the Lord, praise the Lord for that beautiful blessing and realize that your wife will need you when the years of raising children come to an end. Because it can be very jarring and it can be um, and it can be very upsetting. And that brings me, I guess, to my next tip, which is uh, take the time to grieve. It's okay to grieve. This is what I did when I was told that I would have to have a hysterectomy. And it wasn't even that Jay and I wanted more children. I mean, for goodness sake, we had seven children at that point. I think that we had just realized the blessing of children. And it is such a blessing. I cannot think of anything that has meant more to me in my life outside of knowing the Lord Jesus than being a wife and a mother, than bringing seven beautiful human beings into the world. 
even the baby that Jay and I lost, I look back at that and I just think, Lord, thank you that you met us in that place and that we believe someday we're going to see that little one again. Those years are precious and you don't get them back. And so I think it's okay to grieve. And that's what I did, you know, after my hysterectomy. It wasn't so much the fact that I was not going to have any more children. It was that someone said to me in a very jarring fashion, you can't have any more children. And I realized, oh, wow, this season of my life that I, for some reason, thought was going to go on forever is suddenly over. Like the years of Jay and Heidi bringing home a little baby from the hospital uh, are, are over now. And I grieved that and I wrote about it and I, uh, I spent, you know, quite a bit of time just talking to some other moms in my circles, just trying to, trying to process my way through it. And I think the same thing is true when, you know, when our kids begin to leave our home, especially when the last ones leave and you realize, man, that empty nest thing that everyone's been talking to me about my whole life, it's real, right? The struggle is real. Getting off of the, uh, getting off of the train of just constantly being needed by your children. And then you realize all of a sudden, oh, I did the job. And now they don't need me, at least not in the way that they did. Funny thing though, fun fact, they may not need you in the same way that they did, but they will always need you. And I spend quite a bit of time on the phone. You know, of course I have seven kids and, and, you know, six of them are calling me quite a bit. And, uh, so my life is still very, very busy in terms of just interacting with my children and giving them counsel or talking to them about their day or whatever it was. Uh, one of our sons-in-law is uh, is taking a, an exam tomorrow. And so I was talking to my daughter about that this morning and just praying for him and that God would direct him and give him wisdom that he needs to pass that exam with flying colors. And so all of these things are still very much a part of my life, but the physicalness of it, the the you know my physical presence is no longer needed in the way that it was. And it's okay. And I think actually necessary to grieve that. And I believe if you if we don't grieve it, somehow we've done it wrong, right? I think the grieving means we did it right. That we look back at that and go, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the years that you gave me raising those beautiful children. And if you're in the middle right now of raising children, and I'm not here to tell you that, you know, everything's, you know, sunshine and roses and wow, this is so amazing and all the things, you know, it's okay to have a bad day. But I'm telling you what, you guys, praise the Lord for the years that he gives us with children, because it's sanctifying. It makes us like Jesus. I never talk to people out of having babies. I The feminist movement has so lied to women and so cheated them and robbed them of the most beautiful thing that God has given us as, as women. And that is this ability to be able to nurture and love a little human being, to be able to spend years of our life pouring into another little person, to help that person um, become the man or the woman that God has created them to be, to enter into adulthood whole and happy to know who they are and who they are in Christ. That's an incredible opportunity. And praise the Lord that as women, we have the primary responsibility of being with our children during the day. Such a beautiful thing. But we want to be sure that we grieve the season and then we move on and get over it. You don't want to get stuck in the grieving process. And the way I think that we don't get stuck is instead of constantly looking backward, we are looking forward. Remember, this was, uh, this was the Apostle Paul said, forgetting what is behind me, I look forward. I'm pressing on toward the goal, heavenward in Christ Jesus. What's the goal, you guys? That we reach uh, heaven's doors, having run the race, the very best that we knew how to do. And so moms, listen to me. 
don't, if you're, if you're stuck, if Christmas messes you up and I was just talking to a mom the other day, who's like, man, she said, I take my, um, uh, ornaments out of the boxes. And now what used to bring me joy makes me melancholy. Listen, if it makes you melancholy and it bums you out, you don't need to put them on your tree. (laughs) You, You know, you can move on. I understand the melancholy piece of it. In fact, when our kids move out, we, we have them take almost all of their childhood ornaments and that kind of thing with them so they can put them on their own tree uh, in their own house and share them with their children. But it really is, it's a grieving, I think, of the passage of time. It's a longing for what we can no longer have. And we don't want to be stuck in that place. And so whatever it takes for you to pull yourself out of it, it's okay to do it. You don't need to put those ornaments on the tree and spend, you know, four hours bawling your head off. Do something different. Do a different, make a different tradition. Try a different kind of a Christmas tree, or maybe you don't do a Christmas tree this year. Maybe you do something different and ask the Lord to help you keep your eyes forward. We don't want to look back. We're not going that way. It's okay to glance back, but we don't want to just uh, fix our gaze there and then, and then lose the opportunity that God has to move us into the next season. And I think that brings me to to probably the last, one of the last uh, points of my uh, talking about the emptiness today, and that is to refocus your energy and accept the new role that God has given you. And so mothers, we are needed. Dads, you are needed uh, in these younger generations for the younger families, these moms who are brand new moms and they're raising little ones. uh, We are needed now more than ever. So this isn't the time for you to retreat and just say, hey, my work here is done and, you know, and uh, wash your hands of it and move to the next season of your life. Ask the Lord to help you refocus your energy because now hopefully you have a little bit more time and hopefully we can pour into the younger generation. That is what Jay and I are doing uh, with our lives here at From the Planet Family. We are pouring into the next generation and the generation beyond them. And I think that is the promise of Psalm 78, right? That if we raise our children to love and follow Jesus, that we have a generational impact, not one, not two, not three, but four generations. And so keep your eyes forward. What ministries can you get involved in? Is there a crisis, a pregnancy center or a pregnancy resource center that you can volunteer your time with? Do you have a homeschool cooperative? Can you teach a class? Can you, do you want to be involved in Firmly Planted Family? We love to have you involved here. We have a lot of grandparents teaching classes here at Firmly Planted. And so I believe in a multi-generational model of service because that's what God calls us to, right? So we serve him in different seasons of our life and we ask him for the wisdom to get from one season to the next. And so remember, you know, let your children leave. They are instructed, in fact, mandated in Genesis chapter two, verse 24, to leave and cleave. We want our kids to do that. I want my children to get married and cleave to their spouse and build healthy families for their own children. And then one day before you know it, their children will be leaving and they'll be coming to you and saying, how did you handle it? And hopefully you can handle it with grace and be able to help them through their own transition years from now. So we want our kids to be able to leave and cleave to make their own families. And remember parents, those adult children that you have are not there to be your entertainment, all right? It's not fair to give them the job of keeping you busy, keeping you happy. That is your job. And so we want to ask the Lord, Lord, focus, refocus my energy. Some of you are interested in writing. Some of you are interested in uh, in what I did, which was podcasting, for goodness sake. You know, um, I am so, so busy now that um, I can't even imagine what my life would look like 
uh, if I wasn't doing all the things that I'm doing, but I do them, praise the Lord. Because like I said, um, thank you to Steve and Jane Lambert and to my husband for years and years ago, long before I was done homeschooling and long before I was done raising children, trying to keep my eye on the horizon so that when the years were over of my full-time motherhood and full-time homeschooling, that God would have something for me on the horizon. And he has it for you as well. And so keep your eyes open for what God would have you do and be asking him right now, James chapter one, verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask it of God who gives generously to all without holding back. It will be given to him. God wants to help you through the next season of your life. And as I said at the beginning of the show today, even if you're listening to this and you have young children, ask the Lord to help you remember some of these things, because I'm telling you, these years go by fast. The days seem long, but the years really will go by fast. And we want to serve God with joy in every season of our lives. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can leave a review for the show over at Spotify. You can actually leave a comment there and we will get those uh, published so that other people can read them. And also, I'd love to hear questions that you have and you can reach out to me directly, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. You guys, I would love to hear from you this Christmas. Please send me your Christmas cards. We're already starting to get them here. Please, please, please put me on the front uh, of your Christmas card list. If you're like me and you like to get things in the mail, um, I sure do. And you can write to me, Heidi St. John, Care of Firmly Planted Family, and a new address. So some of you may have my old address. This is the new one. You ready? Write this down. 14001 Southeast 1st Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98684. That's Heidi St. John, Care of Firmly Planted Family, 14001 Southeast 1st Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98684. Those cards and pictures will always be up on the wall here at Firmly Planted Family for other people to see your faces, read your letters, and see what God is doing in your life. If you would like to support the ministry that we are doing here with a, a year-end giving donation, or better yet, become a monthly donor to Firmly Planted Family, we would love if you would do that as well. Those donations are helping us reach an entire new generation of children and helping their parents get them out of the public school system. We're here at Firmly Planted Family to help families thrive, and we do that through your donations as well. So please consider uh, giving monthly to Firmly Planted Family. You can find out more at firmlyplantedfamily.org. We love you guys. Have a great day, and I will see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith 